Do 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 Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone about Louie. We need to talk to someone about Louie. Kate, uh, how do you feel about keeping our kids really quiet until their 13th birthday? I feel great about that. Thanks very much, Mary. Uh, That's not really going to work, but uh, it would be nice if we could do a very, very quiet episode, wouldn't it? Because I feel like life's been a bit loud in our house at the moment. So, yeah, anything to keep that volume down is probably a good thing. Uh, Well, I reckon Bingo and Bluey just give a masterclass in this episode. All my attempts are... in the past few years to play quiet games with my kids have been nowhere near this successful. So um, hopefully the big reveal at the end that Bandits just uh, did it for his own devious purposes doesn't put all the kids out there off. I did see quite a bit of consternation on social media, Mary, that parents were really annoyed that Bandit admitted to being a dodgy dad because up until this point, I have to say, I thought the game was pretty awesome. Like, it was going well. Oh, I know the best game ever. What? You have to see how long you can go without making a single noise. Oh, okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay, go. Uh, and then when he admits that he just made it up and it's all a bit dodgy, I mean, aren't all games made up? I just, I thought he sold himself and every parent down a river at that point. So. Uh, oh, well, at least we'll always have dead fish, um, <laughs> which is the the even better equivalent of the quiet game that is, yeah, throws back to my childhood, well, my, like, I, the, like it's just the gift to prep teachers, isn't it? Dead it really, fish, it right? really is. Like it was just the standard. It's Thursday afternoon. It's quite warm. Everyone's exhausted. What am I going to do for the last half an hour of the day? I know, dead fish or heads down, thumbs up. That was another one where you know it sort of required people being very quiet and still for long periods like of that. time. I think you got the hang of it. Speaking of games, Kate, I reckon this episode, The Quiet Game, is is almost a game within the episode, um, spotting all the little Easter eggs planted throughout. Um, oh, the very opening scene brilliant. with Bandit playing with the what we know to be the $20 worth of yes, no button from dance mode. Yeah, and now it's just (laughs) down the the back of the couch. Yeah. Oh, it's so heartbreaking and accurate all at once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there is so much to spot in this episode. I reckon we could do a recap just going through all the little uh, hidden nods to other episodes. Well, shall Um, we try that? Because I've actually got a list. So we could could try and go through just a chronological Easter egg hunt of the Quiet Game episode. Shall we start? So- I feel like we need a little ding every time yeah. or something like that. Can you put <laughs> one in another one? Oh, my mother-in-law. Yeah, definitely. My mother-in-law is a prolific op shopper and she just brought me a cowbell. Don't ask questions. I'll just go get the cowbell. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm ready for I think this. we just found the episode name. I'll just go get the cowbell. <laughs> I'll go get the cowbell. <laughs> No, it says so she good. got it for me at an op shop because it said on it, run, Kate, run. It was made for some charity marathon 
So obviously someone called Kate has gone and run a marathon and she had a whole lot of bells made up as like support stuff. My mother-in-law finds the most random, amazing stuff in op shops and she brought it. She's like, I'm going to ring it every time I come over to babysit and I'm just going to go, run, Kate, run. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And this is why I call Um, her St. Elizabeth. She's the best. Okay. Um, Anyway. I will say we are recording quite late at night. Um, You're not worried about sort of letting off peals of cowbell in your Uh, house with sleeping children or had you not thought this through? I haven't thought this through very well, but we'll wait and see. I think everyone's asleep. We'll we'll give it a go. So yes, no button uh, with dad on the couch. Yep. Um, Perfect. Then, then we have uh, Chili takes toys out of her bag and we have, I think it's the octopus from the Magic Claw, but also. Ooh, I would have said hospital. Oh, hospital. Um, oh, yeah, it, yeah, It's yeah. the octopus in Bandit's belly. Oh, um, there we go. All right. And then we have the doll that comes out of the handbag. That's familiar as well from Tickle Crabs. Yes, yes. I was trying to place that one. Yep, okay. Then we're walking to the shops. I've got um, the bin <laughs> chicken on the bin. Uh, so good. We've got Winton's um, dad in the background and it looks like he's on a date, which is very exciting. Oh, really? I did not get that. Oh, they're um, holding hands. It looks quite romantic. It's sort of a day date, I guess. Um, so good. I feel like uh, any more cowbell and uh, <laughs> listeners are not going to be dealing very well with this. So perhaps right, we made the, point. the cowbell now. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we have managed to get uh, down to central Brisbane um, without <laughs> kind of <laughs> saying what is going on in this episode, which mm. I think everyone's probably across it. The quiet game is uh, bandits recipe for keeping the girls um a little more calm uh as he tries to lie on the couch but yeah he thinks he's come up with the perfect game um even congratulates himself which as soon as you're congratulating yourself as a parent right over it's gone so gone bandit you're a genius Honey, Madge just rang in sick. I have to get to work. I'll be on the couch. No, I need you to go and buy a birthday present for Muffin. Oh, Madge! So we're off to buy Muffin the present and um She wants a moonlight girls, unicorn. And, oh, of and course the girls she does. know exactly which one, but oh, actually they're not talking. So this could be interesting. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, back to where you were down in central Brisbane, Kate. Yes. What? Um, uh, without cowbell. No cowbell, what else sorry. Did you spot? <laughs> I was getting a bit carried away there. It's quite fun to no, ring. I, like, I, I feel like I'm really pumped now. But there's yeah, something cathartic just... about like just getting in it. Anyway, um, uh, we see the bigger dog, uh, the dog that's begging. He was in ice cream uh, in oh, the yep. background. Um, we see in the bookshop window a copy of Fruit Bat, which I feel is very meta, really. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, is Bluey actually a famous cover girl in her own world? Uh, 
I did love one suggestion that perhaps it's actually a not even a children's book. It's just the cover of a guide to how to get children to sleep, um, <laughs> like and more a self-help manual. Which I, uh, wasn't that Costa resonated. who wrote that on one of the social <laughs> sites? So, well, I, actually, yes, I reckon that um, was Costa, one of the art directors. Yes, um, and yeah, very plausible. All right, so what else do we see? We see the Lee Sales character from Ice Cream um, and she is with her ice cream cart. Bandit makes a nice little quip as they walk past. Oh, well, at least it's still nice and quiet. Hey, you kids want some ice cream? Kids? No? Can't hear anything. All right, well, if you change your mind, just speak up. And then we see Joff Bush, who is our busker dog and music extraordinaire who does all the um, soundtracks to each Bluey episode. He is the busker dog with these amazing tortoiseshell glasses. And he pays for his ice cream with the $5 note from Markets. Um, You can see the little Tooth Fairy sticker on it. Um, Loving that that is still in circulation. It's so cute. Yeah, it's absolutely adorable. And even he remarks at the time, this is awesome. So uh, I think there's quite a lot of uh, messaging coming through there. And then we also... Who says this is awesome? Oh, Joff. Joff Bush says it. His character oh, says really? it as he's paying oh, for the he ice wasn't cream. Speaking. Oh, there you go. No, um, he just says this is awesome. Well, he is correct. He awesome. is um, awesome. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, over his shoulder in the background, we also see a Chutney Chimp movie poster. Um from movies. So, so is it Chunky Chimp or Chutney Chimp? Oh, sorry, it's know. Chunky. Yes. Um, we've discussed this at length on our um, Instagram in particular. Um, <laughs> so there are both characters. There is a I Chunky Chimp. both. Chutney Chimp is more your Peppa Pig style, um, like line-drawn character, whereas uh, Chunky Chimp is more... Um, your sort of high energy Disney offering for slightly older kids is what these animations within an animation, I think, um, what they're on about. Yeah, that's still very bizarre. Couldn't they just choose one other animal? Like, <laughs> is it only monkeys? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've seen cats, cats, well, cats we know there's cats. But yeah, perhaps perhaps oh, the animal kingdom is a bit more limited in the blue verse. But then I don't Dr. Know. Glenda had it all going on, so I don't know. Oh, true, just... we know that. Oh, and, and the toys as well. We know there's yeah. blue tongue lizards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, mm. there, there are lots of animals. All right, toy section. Uh, what's this thing called again, kids? Moonbeam something. Kids. Oh, another one. Uh, Poffigy's dog is back. And this oh. was very nice, Mary. He was walking alongside a, a little dog in a wheelchair. So oh. I know. So I thought that was very nice. Um, Poffigy's dog from Markets, and he's voiced by Daly Pearson, um, who's one of the exec producers on Bluey. And then another little Easter egg, Mary, because um, mm-hmm. we, we're about to be introduced to a new character called Alfie, who's a shop assistant, and Alfie's mum is reassuring him in the car and Alfie's mum is played by Daly's mum, um, Anne oh, Pearson. Good luck on your first day of work, Alfie. You're going to do great. Trust me. How do you know I won't mess it all up? You won't. Just do your best and be as helpful as you can. Okay, mum. Now, Rob Irwin. 
Give me your thoughts, Mary. How was his performance? Um, so Robert Irwin as Alfie, I reckon it's a very confused role and I think most people can relate to that, your first day at work, although I think Robert Irwin's first day at work was like pretty much just when Birth. he popped out as a baby <laughs> and was instantly hanging out with crocodiles. So um, perhaps he's the only person on the planet who can't relate to that first job in retail at 16, but um, he does a very good job of that kind of not quite sure, awkward, uh, over over willing to help kind of vibe. And yeah, I think he smashes it out of the park. Hey mate, you got a toy called a moon sprinkler? Uh, I don't know. Sorry. It's my first day today. I can check out the back. Did you ever work in retail? We've never had this conversation. Um, no, I was very hospitality. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, my first job was at a fish and chip shop. Um, but definitely that very awkward, not knowing what I was doing. Um, yeah, we had cash registers that didn't really add up things. There was lots of adding that had to happen on paper or in your head. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, high stress moments were always made even more stressful by maths. Um, yeah. What about you? What's your cash register experience like? Uh, My first proper job, um, was wrapping presents at over Christmas in the Burke Street Mall in Melbourne at the body shop. So, um, it was, mad and like uh, by the end of it I was the gift wrap queen I could wrap any shape any object give me a banana and I'll make it a perfect square like that sort of level that is gift wrap. a so much pressure but b explained so much about <laughs> the quality of present wrapping we get out of your house so oh, I thought it was it's, Tim all this time it's gone, it's gone downhill in recent years I can tell you now <laughs> okay where are the moonlight unicorns there's thousands of them. Well, to- I did have one um, former job flashback as this episode finally gets to um, where Bandit and the girls are looking for this present for Muffin and mm. it is just the most giant wall of <laughs> uh, moonlight uh, unicorns. But they're all perfectly um, what's called in the industry faced out. So, yes. Faced. Um, so... I did have a for a year like a night field job at Woolies um, where you have to like put the product on the shelves and you had to line them all up to the front of the shelf and, you know, it was always like sort of juggling and I've just looked at that wall and went, oh, someone has faced that wall and I'm traumatised <laughs> on their behalf. So well, poor Alfie doesn't know what he's got coming. <laughs> forget facing. Someone has animated or drawn that entire wall because I was looking at it pretty closely. I don't think any of those unicorns were exactly identical. Like even in the Whoa. big back shot where it's showing the entire wall, I was looking through a few frames and I would almost bet money that um, every single unicorn is different. Definitely in the close-up more, you know, when they focus on the mm-hmm. lower action, yep. they are all absolutely different and I'm pretty sure even standing back they are quite different. There must be 100, yeah, over 100 but- of them. Oh, so many. Um, the shot had shades of Hammer Barn where they mm. look at the amazing wall of paint chips. Um, yeah. I wonder if that was almost the approach they took. They sort of put in a colour scheme and then started, you know, shaping the colours into horse shapes um, mm. and kind of worked backwards that way. But, yeah, it, it looks amazing. 
did it remind you of anything from your childhood, Kate? <laughs> My Little Pony. I mean, oh. it, it's hard not to go there, right? Um, My Little Pony apparently has had a massive comeback in the last few years as well. Um I, I mean, um, my kids aren't interested in uh, My Little Ponies, but, um, yeah, and apparently the ones from the 80s are worth a lot of money if they're in half-decent condition as well. Oh, so. man, I wish I knew where my Applejack was, but <laughs> no idea. And, yeah, I'd say her she didn't have much hair left by the time I'd mm. sort of obsessively brushed it for many, <laughs> many playtimes. But, um it's just kid crack, isn't it? Like those sort of, you know, got to get the whole set type um type toy. Like is any toy not made like that now? I can't think of any. I mean, Hot Wheels, Will's obsessed with Hot Wheels cars and every time I think, oh, God, there can't be any more at the supermarket, there inevitably <laughs> is. Um, yeah. Oh, and he knows which ones he's missing even even having collected for this long. Oh yeah, he's he still gets excited when it's a new one. Every car has its individual name as well, even if it's a name he's oh, made right. up for them. Like yeah, like oh that's my birthday car. Yeah, because <laughs> he got it for his third birthday or something. Or that's right, my okay. that's the car that Nana gave me at the barbecue. And I'm like, oh okay. Right. Okay. And they're all different. Apple date, Pebble Dasher. Do you know which one Muffin wants? There's a series on Netflix I really want to watch at the moment but haven't gotten there yet. Um, from last year, it's like a it's a doco series called The Toys That Made Us. Oh. Um, I'd love to hear from listeners if they have seen this and can recommend it, but it looks so promising. There's three seasons and in the third season um, they really deep dive My Little Ponies and uh, kind of what, what drove the design and how they – just decided, right, we just have to crack the eight-year-old girl market. But then also <laughs> looking back, um, how the TV series meant that there was suddenly this new generation of fans, not just little kids, but also, have you heard the term bronies? Oh, bronies? Is that like <laughs> guys into ponies? I'm guessing. Brothers into ponies, yes. Brothers into um, ponies, okay. <laughs> well, no, just guys. Uh, but, yeah, 20-something guys who were very invested in My Little Pony um, was a thing for a while there. And Is this a specific, uh, I don't know, group of people? Like, I, I don't, I've never heard of this before, what? but I'm, I'm really intrigued. Like, is this, is this like a geographical phenomenon or is this a worldwide oh, thing? It's universal. Like, uh, my, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to because he's probably not listening. Um, my little brother was pretty invested in, well, no, I think he was an ironic brony for a while there. Like, Oh, there's no irony involved. This is Anthony, <laughs> your very yeah. littlest brother. Oh, my God, that's adorable. Um, but, but we, like, <laughs> I have never watched an episode of My Little Pony and uh, just like some people, I guess, are very invested in Bluey, um, even if they're not in the, the core <laughs> demographic, I guess perhaps perhaps there's something we're missing there. Perhaps we should investigate My Little Pony next, perhaps as a podcast. <laughs> well, all right, I'm just going to, if if I grew up in a house and I absolutely adored my older sisters and they were all playing with these cool oh, My no, Little no. Pony toys. It was after we'd all left home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think from just like internet memes and I don't know, how how do young people work these days? I've, I've got no <laughs> idea how he got into that. But 
Anyway, I will watch uh, the Netflix, the Toys That Made Us docuseries, and I will know a lot more about it. Forget this. Bramble hop. He'll do. So Muffin gets a unicorn she's already got. What's the worst that can happen? Anyway, uh, we know one person uh, slash small grey and white dog that is very invested in these Moonlight Unicorns. And I just love how this episode uh, just absolutely sets fire to poor little Muffin without her even being there to defend herself. (laughs) Okay, your Muffin, got it. It's your birthday. You get your present. You unwrap it. It's Bramble Hop. Oh, boy. I have to admit, though, I think Bingo's charade-style performance of what Muffin would do if she got a Moonlight Unicorn that she already had. I mean, that to me, MVP of the episode, really. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was just brilliant. (laughs) Bingo for the impression or Muffin for being so predictable? (laughs) No, Bingo for the impression because she was working it and working it hard. It was awesome. So. So good. Um, yeah, and and there was no holding back either. And I just loved the air of resignation that Bandit had when he watched the calamity unfold that, okay, oh. you guys are right, it will happen that way, not, oh, well, the three-year-old can put up with something or learn a valuable oh. life lesson. Wow. Can I help you? I'll be right back. I think generally just the charades subplot is um, my highlight because, look, Bandit having backed himself into the corner with the quiet game, I think pretty geniusly brings up the idea that the girls can act out um, what he needs to do because they are just so into it. It's um, tail wagging central. (laughs) But um, what do you think, Kate? Is he... Is he playing up his uh, dumb dad role here? Like, I feel oh, like very much. There's a much fine line between dumb family. dad and desperation really for me, Mary. I think the game has been fantastic for Bandit up until this point. He's really been enjoying it and now he's just stuck. So, um, yeah. And all the, the foolhardy cockiness is just unravelling fast. Yeah, and I think that's why the girls are so into this because they can see that he's actually really struggling. I mean, you know, there aren't many um, areas that I think my partner would struggle with um, compared to me when it comes to our kids, but probably choosing from a thousand things that all look pretty much identical to another, I think that would drive him up the wall. So, yeah, I think I think this is an unravelling. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I... Respect to Bandit for um, trying to rope in Alfie. Um, love in the first instance how Alfie humours him by saying, I'll go look out the back when Bandit says, have you got any moon sprinklers? Um, oh, Alfie. He probably doesn't even know where out the back is no, at this point. No, but he's just leaving yeah, the loser. It's a good move. Hasn't even done the security drill yet. Uh, and then um, outsourcing. Very wise decision, um, mm-hmm. especially when he says, "Oh, it could be a chicken or some kind of pheasant." I was like, "Oh wow, this is this is <laughs> yeah. definitely gone far enough." And it looks like Alfie um, has it all under control. <laughs> can you help me? 
Yes, I can help you. Good man, Alfie. All right, action. <laughs> yeah, look, he was excited early. Um, in the spirit of um, spotting Easter eggs, there was like a little us, uh, which we know from squash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Alfie is clearly the dog that this uh, this situation needs. So the girls acted out, and Alfie eventually gets the correct name of this particular unicorn. That's breathing. Fire! Pendragon! Yes! Ah, what is a pendragon? (laughs) Um, I think it might be an outraged news columnist. I'm sure there are a few that would spring to mind for people. Possible. I guess Uh, by the time you've got a thousand different versions (laughs) of the same thing, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. But, yeah, like... (laughs) I don't know. When when is there too much of a toy? And I think actually we know when there's too much of a toy and it's when you're inventing versions of it called pen dragons. Like <laughs> it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, well it's it's a it's a horse. So you know, it's like a pen, the is it the journalist horse? I don't know. Maybe does it yeah. come with a kooky little notebook or something? You you know oh, that it yeah, would probably yeah. But, yeah, Alfie getting the right unicorn. I just love Bandit's response to this because, um, yeah, it's it's worth celebrating. And, ob- like, obviously Bandit doesn't know it's Alfie's first day, but how much would that mean to a kid to be so, um, well, I don't know, manhandled, probably not so good, hmm. but to be uh, – such a hero yeah. <laughs> made such a hero at work um and I love that a crowd has gathered for this as well because well, I'm glad you loved it Mary because there was a little bit of conversation online about you know is this a bit of an American overplaying sort of moment because would that happen in an Australian uh department store we know it's probably I I feel that this isn't Kmart uh it's potentially like a more high level department store, maybe like a equivalent of a Maya or a David Jones. What do you, what's your thoughts? Yeah, there? actually I I was I was willing it and wanting it to be Kmart, but um yeah, I think you're right. The the location of the service desk alone mm-hmm. kind of suggests it's not your um mass kind of uh what is Kmart? <laughs> <laughs> Dream destination. An existential question for the evening. Look, yeah, I, no, I always it does joke. seem a bit more boutique. Yeah, I always joke if they put a bar in Kmart, I would probably never leave. Like it's a, yeah. it's a wonderland of um, cheap, attractive homewares and clothing, and that are predominantly made overseas. We also see in these um, scenes a few more of the little Easter eggs. The cat squad mm. bike that Muffin or car that Muffin owns pops up in the background along the way as well as there is a long dog in the shop as well. You have to look very carefully, but he does pop up. Um, yeah, very well hidden indeed. Um, I have another Easter egg actually, Mary, and that is um, – podcasty uh, journalist tech guy Mark Fennell who does the Telstra podcast he did get a speaking role after asking it's so funny like so obviously when I discussed this before I had my wires crossed thinking he was um, auditioning for the Alfie role rather than the Alfie's boss role (laughs) but I reckon his single line in this yes (laughs) 
<laughs> is actually just they ripped it straight out of the podcast because that's it sounds the same as what he said in the podcast. I don't know how many more times he could have said it. <laughs> so good to have that mystery put to bed. Uh, what did you think of his performance, Kate? Uh, I thought it was excellent. You could tell from his Twitter that he was probably celebrating it as one of his greatest ever achievements and I'm extremely jealous. I want in. I think, you know, we've been in this for the long haul. We only did one episode. We've done like 100 now. So, yeah, we're keen guys. <laughs> Um, I have did we that before. I don't know. I don't think we have at all. Um, I did find one thing slightly hilarious, Mary, and that was oh, yeah? that um, he does a podcast for Telstra. But yes, is actually the slogan for Telstra's main rival company. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, mate, you his boss? Yes. Well, he's a legend. I've got oh, another yeah, Easter egg, actually. Um, it's Easter eggs are plenty. Rewind to the back start of the episode, cast your mind back, and Chili is going to work because Madge called in sick at her work, and Madge is actually a very classic Australian iconic um, character name. Uh, I was doing a bit of uh, rabbit hole diving, if you like, on the name Madge and its role. And it first really sprung to prominence in 1989, which is our era um, of peak TV watching, um, with a palm olive (laughs) dish soap ad. And it was a lady getting her nails done and the the nail beautician uh, was called Madge. And she was basically, she puts the, the woman's hand directly in a, um, a thing of palm olive soap and she's like, right. oh, look at your hands. This is going to make them much better and it'll clean your dishes. And then the end of the ad um, shows the lady coming back and say, oh, palm olive's changed my hands and he have a drink on me and hands her the sparkling dish glass that's been washed in the thing. Apparently it was quite <laughs> iconic at the time. Um, the most elaborate ad I've ever it was, heard. It, <laughs> it's it's quite funny. Um, I mean, the perms alone, uh, it's very Princess Di style. Um, yeah, it, it's of the era. And um, there's a lot of madges in that, which, um, you know, match, match. And um, <sighs> okay. yeah, I quite like that. But then Madge Ramsey as well from Neighbours, possibly. Well, is that Harold and Madge? Yes, it is. Madge Ramsey was um, Kylie Minogue's mum when. Uh, Charlene, she was a straight-talking ah. single mum who moved into the borough. So, um, right, fascinating neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs good neighbours. Oh, Madge, why can't you take better care of yourself? My kind of Madge touch point. What granny name does Chili take when she's a granny? I thought it was Madge. Oh, Rita, Janet. Maybe it is Madge. I don't know. We'll have to rewatch. Yeah, that sounds very plausible. Mm, interesting. Obviously, okay. Madge has had a big impact on this family. Ah, <laughs> uh, writing, writing bird book, book bird, book chicken. Yes. Um, the music in this, Mary, I absolutely loved, and it was. Mainly because it had that real element of like a silent film for me um, okay. and that sort of accompaniment. So because the girl, you know, we've talked quite a lot about the literal music of this season and how um, it really highlights the action on the screen because it reflects what you 
kind of would expect, I guess. So mm-hmm. with silent films, um, they usually had like a, a small live orchestra when they were showing in, um, started in Paris and then that went over to New York City and that kind of set the precedent that all public exhibitions of silent films should have a live orchestral accompaniment. Um, right. So we hear like instruments like the clarinet and the piano, which would have been probably quite common ones to hear with those old silent movies. So when the girls are like acting things out and miming, um, yeah, you do get those little like flourishes and tinkles to almost give them a voice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really think it's just super, super clever. Um, I'm guessing it's an original composition. Uh, we see, um, you know, the pace change. So, for example, when uh, Bingo's trying to showcase Muffin's tantrum, it becomes quite, you know, stompy, violent sort of music that <laughs> really yeah. highlights that tantrum. And then when the the tension is ramping up, it gets more complex. And then when things are settling, it becomes a lot smoother and quieter. So, yeah, very clever. Um, I love all the music in the season so, so much, but I, this one's right up there for me with, um, yeah, how subtle it is, but, yeah, the timing is just impeccable. Uh, it does feel like this one was particularly inspired. Yeah, that's that's a great pickup, Kate. Oh, well, that's not good. Having celebrated Alfie, they're back home and I feel like it was almost a, a nod or a flashback to dance mode again with um, the girls as they wrap the present doing that annoying operatic kind of singing of their words, uh, which hasn't been picked up by the kids at our house and I hope it never is. <laughs> or perhaps it would uh, prime them musically. I don't know. Should, should it be something that I try and encourage? Here's some more. Thank you. I don't know, Mary. You know my view. Everyone can sing. <laughs> and yes, to be honest, that's kind of like my house all the time. So Perhaps I should start doing it. You should start singing right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll get my cowbell. Um, we know that now I have one, and that is actually rereading through my notes. It wasn't Alfie's mum that was played by Andy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, she played the shop assistant. So, whoops, um, getting that um, on the record I, now. So now. I was me. about to have that uh, we know that now as well, actually, because I realised um, <laughs> Alfie's mum is voiced by Caitlin Hall, who... I think might be a Brisbane YouTuber um, who reached sort of peaks of fame maybe um, five or so years ago and was able to like move to New York City with her YouTubing, um, very much reaching the uh, heady heights of influencerdom from little old Brisbane. Good luck on your first day of work, Alfie. You're going to do great. Trust me. Kate, I've got great sort of we know that now and mailbag all in one this week because we heard from a gorgeous new listener, Christine, who um, said she's listening from the start and finding it really kind of just a bit of a trip that um, 
to hear what we think might be coming up in future episodes um, from her knowledge of what she knows happens. Apparently oh. way back in Keepy Uppy uh, when we recapped that, we mentioned we'd like to see a trip to Bunnings. I feel like we mentioned. I reckon you might have uh, said that given your Bunnings commitment lady. Um, so, yeah, Christine was saying uh, she was kind of like, oh, little do you know. Um, and then... <laughs> Apparently, uh, in one of our early episodes in this year, we talked about how mad 2020 was going to be for us. Obviously, you having a baby, uh, new episodes to recap. I think that was about the extent <laughs> of why we thought 2020 might be mad. And yeah, wow, little did anyone know. So, did any of us know? Um, I was having a conversation the other day and we were like, wow, everyone that did a job interview in 2015 with that, you know, that perennial question, so where do you see yourself in five years? You know, I wonder if anyone did say, oh, you know, locked in my house, unable to leave for more than an hour a day. Probably doing my work from my laptop in my active wear. <laughs> like, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh, man. What a year. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Thank God we are alive. I just, um, yeah, it's absolutely um, amazing knowing what we've been through here and then mm-hmm. seeing other parts of the world and how they're yeah. now reacting. It's really intense. Hanging in there, other parts of the world. Please oh, do. Yeah. But um, hopefully, um, yeah, some bright news on the horizon with the uh, talk of vaccines early next year. So hopefully we'll all be shopping at department stores and celebrating at non-appropriate social distances uh, really soon. Really soon. Well, there's a reason to be shopping at department stores as well because uh, by the time our listeners hear this, A, um, all the episodes of Bluey will have aired and B, um, the Christmas countdown is just getting ridiculous. Um, so one more piece of mailbag that we had, Kate, was from um, longtime correspondent Greg, who's a granddad who loves Bluey, and he asked why there were only 24 episodes um, released in this drop rather than um, the full 26 mm. because, yeah, there's we know it's half of a full season and a full season is 52 episodes. Um, he speculated, well, you know, probably one of them's the Christmas episode, right? So I'm speculating perhaps it's a double episode. We might even get like Ooh. a blue style to be continued, um, oh. which I would just live for because, you know, that would be nice. I have a I have a bugbear with these special Christmas episodes, though, Mary, and that is mm-hmm. because, like, Veranda Santa, cracking episode, and then we haven't seen it for a whole year. So we're right; um, it's not even rotation, is it's it? Not in rotation. So I mean, you know, we, I was hoping at least we'd get a little sniff of it, like Christmas in July or something like that, but haven't seen it, and. I love Veranda Santa, so uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully them putting that back on the air. But I'm wondering, is there a way that we can extend the Christmas frivolities? Because we all need a little bit of extra bluey in our lives, I think, right now. Hey, Kate, there totally is. Uh, You could just listen to our Veranda Santa recap. What a segue. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, or any of our recaps. Um, 
let us know your MVP, your theories about the final two episodes of this season or anything else. We'd love to hear from you on our socials. It's at BlueyPod on Insta, at BlueyPodcast on Twitter. Got to be done, the Bluey Podcast on Facebook or email us like so many lovely people have. It's BlueyPod at gmail.com. Um, Kate, what do you reckon? Should we try and see who can get the quiet game to last the longest until our next episode? Well, if we, if yeah, I loved that line from Bandit with the you know, let's see if we can make this happen until your thirteenth birthday. Ah, uh, the dream. We're not going to be playing the quiet game anytime soon. I feel no. And so. uh, William's been grabbing his like his sister's bean bag and running around the house. Go look at my big oh, bum. So. We didn't even get to the big bum. It's probably just as well. It's <laughs> a bit sensitive post lockdown. So yeah, <laughs> Kate, you're a gem. It's been lovely. Um, talk to everyone soon. But in the meantime, it's got to be done. done. Bye. Bye. These kids know which one. I need you to figure it out. Why don't you just ask them? Look, Alfie, you'll understand one day. 